Thanks for listening to that great Mank pod. Please do us a massive favour and subscribe to this podcast. And if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. Both are a massive help, enabling us to promote the people and the great causes we champion to a much bigger audience. If you want to get in touch, give us a follow on Twitter at Great Mank Pod and drop us a DM. Cheers. You're listening to That Great Mank Pod, Greater Manchester's community podcast. Top one arcade. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, my name is um, Nadia Ali. And I'm a community consultant and my speciality is youth and community work across Greater Manchester. I have a very big focus on Stockport. So I'm a, um, I deliver lots of activities for children, young people and vulnerable adults across three sites in Stockport. Right, that's fantastic. Where are those sites, Nadia? So we, we, do, we have delivery in East and Norris from our community centre, which is based in a park. It's a beautiful setting. And then we have an area that we cover called Lancashire Hill. And there's a community centre there, a small one, and we deliver um, detached youth provision and structured youth provisions there every week. And then we have another site in Bredbury, which is a church in Bredbury, where we deliver family sessions. How, how long have you been doing this, Nadia? I've been doing this work for over 25 years. I have now set up my own organisation in the past five, six years called Make a Difference. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I've got an amazing team behind me and we actually deliver across Stockport, across some parts of Manchester, some parts of Yorkshire. And from the 11th of March this year, we became an international project delivering um, a health and wellbeing project for women and girls in Pakistan. Wow. (laughs) 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 You should have said, is there anything you don't do? Uh, It did cost me two strokes, though. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it it was a hard journey, but a, a very worthwhile journey to where we are today. Well, I, listen, stress is the is the one thing that, as much as we think we're managing it, uh, especially. I mean, I'm I'm 52 this year. Damien's 52 this year. I'm not going to ask you how old you are. Getting but there I, soon. I, I am a gentleman, <laughs> apparently, allegedly. <laughs> um, and and yeah, and it, it's you know managing stress is a big thing for for Damien now. So you know we were saying before we started recording about having a little bit of a whinge me and Damien this morning, and I think that's how we deal with a lot of stuff. Certainly with, you know, we're we're speaking with a lot of people that you're probably speaking with these people who yeah. make decisions, and that is extremely stressful because a lot of them don't make don't make any decisions, and it's no, very very frustrating. And then sometimes they can make those decisions on a Friday afternoon and kill your whole weekend for you. Uh, well, yeah, and sometimes maybe there's a there's a reason behind them doing that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. So managing that stress is is, is a yeah. really big thing. Yeah, total yeah, uh, admiration for everything that you've made happen. And I mean, I know you've called it make a difference, but you're really making it happen. And we yeah, know. we we, we are. Know. I mean, I, I think we need to take some credit for how far we've come in Stockport, especially you know, and the the amount of um, sessions that we're delivering on a weekly basis and giving local people employment opportunities because most of our session workers are from Stockport. We train them ourselves and give them an introduction to youth and community work and we pass them on to the other training opportunities that are available to enhance those skills. But it's great for the employment, uh, you know, that, that we're meeting those needs as well, you know, getting local people employed. And they're the one to provide those provisions because they know those communities better than we do. Well, it's just it, 
it's inspiring and providing opportunity, which is everything that we do with Manx Spirit. You know, it's making that introduction, providing those platforms. But then you want to see them take up that opportunity and run with it themselves, you know. Yeah. And, and so what, what we tend to do, so if I can give an example of, say, um, one of the groups that we've we've um, managed is a, a BME group that does ESOL and citizenship every week, and we've we've run that group for the last four years, and now they're in the process of becoming an independent group where they want to become, you know, their own management form, their own management committee. They want to take over the responsibilities of, of facilitating that, facilitating and developing that delivery, and and it's, it has took four years, but I think it, we've invested a really good four years because the people that have come forward that want to manage that are the ones that have been going there for the last four four years and and seeing you know what they gain from the group and and how much more they could offer it but we just don't have all those resources if we were able to set them up as an independent organization then they can access their own resources and we will still continue with supporting them so it you know we, we do from not just face-to-face delivery sessions with it part of our organization is that we will go and help other smaller groups to become independent I love that. I, I mean, my, my background is not is not working in the charity sector. I've run my own businesses for 30-odd years. And the thing that I've noticed of, over almost anything is, is the amount of charities and, and charitable organisations that will not let go of the people that they're working with. They'll, they'll create something that can be pretty special, yeah. but they, they, they'll, they'll hang on to it. And I get that, you know, funding and, and that sort of thing. But I love the fact that, you know, you can see there's a point where it comes where it's like... Yeah, you have to let go. Yeah, I, to, I can be to, precious. Yeah. yeah, I could become precious about everything that I would like to class as mine, but it's mm. not mine. It's the communities, and it evolved as it evolved. And then we, you know, we learn along the way what's the next steps we need to take to, you know, effectively manage that where, where it's going to next and helping them grow stronger, really. Not just, you know, because I do know there's a lot of people who are very precious about wanting to keep everything in their own organization, but we're all for always working with others. Oh, well, well, I, I mean, one of I the like messages... you lot already. <laughs> <laughs> one of the messages we go out all the time, and we've found this really difficult. We've done these festivals in uh, Trafford, Wigan, uh, Berry, and right. there, it is that silo mentality, and it is that that mistrust that's been built up over the years that we're coming yeah. in to take over take over yeah think. people get threatened by new organizations coming into their geographical patch it's always been a bit of a threat i just think competition is healthy and also the what for me it's about well if you come to heat and norris i think that's excellent that's an additional resource you're offering to a, a community that really needs as much resources as you can throw into it because heat and norris and lancashire hill are the forgotten lands they're like brinnington so those three areas they're forgotten lands of stockport and there is so much work we can work in those areas for the next 10 years no problem whatsoever what kind of support do you get off Council, Stockport Council. At this moment in time, we get no support of Stockport Council. We have, we don't really get. We get very limited support from Stockport Council. Right. We get no support from our local authority in financing what we do. Why that is, I do not know. Yeah, I mean, geographically, I, I uh, in in a past life, I used to work at uh, probation, and I used to manage community service over in Stockport. So I know Lancashire Hill, I know Brennington, I know yeah. Heaton Norris. Yeah. And more so the first two, Lancashire Hill and Brennington, they're isolated 
geographically and by road. They are. But you, you wouldn't go there or pass there unless you no. were actually going there, would you? It's yeah, a, unless you actually know somebody there, you wouldn't really go there. But the, there's a massive need. But so many people, you know, so many interesting, inspiring, you know, people that want to want opportunity, want you to go there and challenge them because they've been let down so often. So, yeah. you know, you've got to get through that. Yeah. Once yeah. you get through that, they just want, they, they're crying out for the opportunity to do different things, aren't they? They yeah. are, yeah. I mean, we deliver adult and toddler groups. We deliver detached youth sessions. We deliver in-house youth sessions. We have crafting groups, cooking groups, sports groups. And, you know, all of it is just very much needed in that area because it's just something um, positive, fun and safe for those children, young people, and those vulnerable adults to get involved in. So so in, in terms of the people you're looking after then, it, it, it's, I mean, for want of a better phrase, it's from cradle till grave, is it? It is, yeah. Yeah, definitely. yeah. yeah. That, we have no age restrictions. I run a group in Manchester, an SEN support group, which is for anybody to come to whatever area you're from. The reason we started that group is because funders do not give funding after the age of 25 to those mm with uh, additional needs or disabilities and that kind of broke the hearts of a few of the young people we were serving a few years ago and couldn't access another service that met their needs so we then set up independently and got one of the parents involved and set up that group in Manchester which has no cap on what age you are you just come to it and we've been running it for three years successfully. Where is that where is that group? What's it's the name in, of that? It's in Levenjum it's at the Gaines Community Centre in Levenjum and it's called the Shine, um, the Shine Support Group. And it's for anybody over the age of 14 years with an additional need or disability can access it. Yeah. But I mean, we've found this, we've we've discussed this, as you know, I've worked in the community sector a long time. And it broke my heart when you like you someone has so much support and trust you. Yeah. And you're working with them and you get to a certain age, it's like they come in, they come in on their last session and you've got to say to them, I'm sorry now that you've had your birthday party with us. We can't actually see you ever again. That is unfair. you know. And also, as I'm sure we all know, that many children and young people with additional needs, depending on what that need is, what that, you know, what, what, um, what diagnosis they have, their physical ability and their mental ability can be two very big different things you know so their mental whilst their age may be 25 the mental ability is only five you know so they're not ready to move from a 25 year old group into the next group that might have bingo going on for them i ain't going to stimulate them no i mean listen we've had this again you know because i'm relatively new um to the charitable sector you know when this kind of i could see this kind of thing popping up when we were talking about funding and, and it was, you know, up to 25, up to 25, up to 25, up to 20. And you think, hang on a minute, <laughs> what's, what's all that about? And it's and it, and it it's not expected, but it's kind of understood as, oh, yeah, you know, up until 25. And I, I mean, it is, it's a national issue, isn't it? It's a government issue that is, yeah. you know, we, we can't change that. But then, you know, there are certain uh, providers like ourselves that we can adapt because we are not statutory providers. So we have our own guidance. Well, being independent is, uh, yeah. I mean, we we couldn't work within that within that framework, no. Damien and I, for about five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah, and, I and, don't, th- and three of those yeah. minutes will be making introductions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. 
So what, what kind of things have you got coming up, Nadia, that either you're looking to uh, get, um, you so know, co- collaborate got, or... We are looking for lots of collaboration opportunities. We've got a new youth provision that's going to start in Reddish um, in the evenings, and we are looking for whatever support and resources we can get to develop that and grow that much-needed provision that's needed in another area of Stockport that doesn't have much for young people. So, you know, we, we could do with some really specialism support there in round, around managing young people's behaviours, challenging behaviours, because they're very challenging behaviours. These are young people who are on the verge of um, criminal activities. So how, how, right. how do we manage that? How do we nip that in the bud and take them away from that and be able to get them, you know, focused on something more positive in life? So we have that area of work that we are developing from April. We have a new wellbeing hub that starts on Friday. So it's like a Friday wellbeing um, place that you can go to. And we will provide, you know, uh, health and nutrition, physical activities. We'll provide arts and crafts. Um, and it, it's really targeted at over 40s. This is because it's about bringing those people that have been locked away for the last few, two years because of their fear of COVID. You know, we had a very, we had a big audience of over 60s that we were working with on a monthly basis and they have not come back to us since the COVID. So now we're looking at, looking at how, how can we bring them back? How can we get their trust to come back into the community, to come out of their doors and by attracting them to, you know, doing some walking with their dog, you know, doing some growing and planting because where we are based is a beautiful location in a park. So we've got massive, you know, access to all this greenery and green space. So that's that's another area of work that we're developing. And the other area of work that I'm really focusing on is women and girls issues. Mm. So I also sit on the women and girls panel for um, Manchester, for Greater Manchester, and I represent Stockport. And we are now in April, we are launching our first women and girls network event. And that will be about bringing those organisations together to look at what are the, from my point of view, it's about looking at what are the issues that are coming out of your sessions that you deliver face-to-face because we've been delivering a girls group for four years from Heaton Norris Community Centre. We've picked up on county lines, we picked up on drugs, we picked up on self-harm, on suicide, on hate crime. Um, you know, So all these factors that we're picking up on, how is this being addressed locally how are we dealing with those issues and how does it meet the 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 um the regional agenda as well around women and girls issues so that's something that i'm really excited about because i know what i want to offer the sector and it's something that the council and sector free who is our umbrella organization in stockport they're going to work with me on that but from my aspect I would just like to be able to maybe do some delivery of training of how these highlighting these issues. How do we effectively record this? How do we respond to that? Um, You know, who are we signposting to? Do we have the right services in the area to deal with these? If not, where is the nearest service for us? So that will be my part of what I'll be doing over the next 12 months. Really massively important. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of awkward awkward questions asked in terms of in, in terms of provision and 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 i think you'll be the person asking them yeah i'm, I'm sure you will i mean listen we, we, I, i've got three boys damien's got a couple of lads um you know with a couple of sessions that we've done where we've had uh we did some work in in salford college there and we were speaking to uh the the, the young well the young, the young girls so kind of 16 to 18 yeah um and this wasn't this was only a few weeks ago 
um, some of which we shared uh, across our socials just to make make people aware. And it and and it was pretty. I mean, I'm not naive by any stretch of the imagination. We've been Damien and Bobbin around the block more than twice. Um, but some of the things that they were saying that they were concerned about were, were, was really, really opened my eyes. Um, and, and their safety was a massive issue. Um, and it was dark nights when we were there. Uh, it was only four o'clock and it was pitch black. Wow. Um, and, and they were really, and, and some of the experiences that they'd had uh, was just, yeah, shocking. Yeah, it was the personal safety and the fact mm. of, yeah fear in general um but they said you know we we brought this out and we give them the the floor to develop the project themselves and they they said that it's gone you know it's gone worse since covid people have forgot how to be nice to each other they have yeah and i think the mental health as we all know of young people has decreased so much even more so over the past two years so where we had built these excellent relationships with some of the girls and boys that we work with you know and we've strengthened that that um that bond that we had with them and then covid came in and it felt like when we did then bring them back eventually we've had to start all over again and it's mm. got their, their their mental health that, that decrease is so severe that it really is starting all over again and building those relationships with these young people they've lost it's lost a lot of trust and all they seen was that lockdown happened and they got forgotten. And blamed. Yeah, and blamed. They just want. They just yeah. Yeah. They just wanted to either have them in a classroom or not in a classroom behind a screen, and that was it. Nobody was dealing with their emotions. Nobody was checking in with their well-being. Whilst we tried, and I'm sure a lot of other organisations through adapting our delivery, but it's doing things through a screen in community development or youth work is not an ideal situation. You are not reaching the emotions of those people. Not, no, not at all. Um, but, but then again, what, what, again, what, what amazed me was when lockdown started and I know it, it happened pretty quickly was the number of charities that shut down and furloughed. Yes. And, and I'm thinking, hang on a minute. When do we need chat? When do we need this kind of support? You know, and I get I why know. some did it. I get why some did it. To some extent, but certainly some of the bigger ones, and you think, no, nah, I'm not having that. Um, and we never, you know, we never shut down. We just had to be more creative in yeah. terms of what we did. And it's not ideal doing it online. But no. The festivals that that we're doing, when we put our, you know, when we put our bids into GMCA, you know, we were we were talking about live events. We were talking about all sorts of different yeah. things. Yeah, COVID changed that absolutely because it was smack bang when it started. Um, so you know, we took a lot of stuff online. And, and without a shadow of a doubt, it was probably the best decision that we made at that time because the festivals became far more inclusive. Exactly. We didn't give up and think, right, well, that's it. Just because yeah. we can't meet you, open our doors to you anymore, we are going to try this adaptation. Although what we have learned is that technology is one of, was one of our weakest links in our organisation. But we did it. We, we tried our best and we did it. And we kept that relationship going through a screen that you know they didn't feel forgotten however we still feel like we still weren't capturing a lot of what they were going through because mm. it needed to be done face to face it's not if anything it has really strengthened the relationships between the groups and ourselves you know it's got stronger and stronger 
However, there's so much more follow-up work that we are doing as an effect of lockdown at the moment. And our referrals are weekly that we're putting into specialist organisations like CAMS, like, you know, um, the Women's Centre in Stockport. There's just so many different, um, there's a lot of employment um, signposting that we're doing because a lot of people did lose their jobs. Mm. So, you know, it's just like we feel like every week we're putting referrals into specialist organisations. I mean, you know, we always try and remain positive and, you know, we're all about going out there and making things happen and making good things happen. But, you know, this, 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 you can't get away from the fact the next few years are going to be really, really, really hard um, for everyone. You know, I've had my wobbles. Damien's had his wobbles. Um, I'm sure I'm sure you have. Um, yeah, and it's going to be really tough. And it's, so, you know, getting charities and organisations to work together yeah. has never been, <laughs> or is never going to be more important what it's going to be going forward i've been very fortunate over the last couple of years that over the last few years that i've really managed to build some really good relationships Mm. and networks in stockport with other local providers who provide similar activities to ourselves and 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 strengthen that network with them so that we can work together and not work in solo so we had a, a really big event for international women's day we had 120 women in the room 110 of those women were formed from the community and the 10 were counselors not one paid officer from the council was at that event we didn't have room for them and it wasn't about them it was about the community and it was just such a beautiful inspiring event that i will be sharing with you the video is supposed to come out today you know and everyone was just amazed at how we managed to put that on and that was because we worked really closely with two other providers in the area who helped us make that day happen mm. when was that 11th of march just gone wow where was where was the event it was at the masonic guild hall in stockport and it was brilliant but irony that we did International Women's Day at the Masonic Guild Hall. <laughs> yeah, and I also, at one point, because there was a group of uh, Middle Eastern women who wanted to dance but won't dance in front of men, we had to ask all the men. There was, about, there was only about six men in the room and we had to ask them to leave and I thought, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we just asked them to get out of the room in the Masonic Hall. <laughs> and, and Did the you consider all... barricading the doors and keeping it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only one wearing, it's, it's ironic because the only ones wearing pinnies there would have been the blokes as well, wouldn't it? <laughs> but yeah, no, you know, it's things like that. It's just fantastic. We, we are growing from strength to strength. However, as every organisation, our, our weakness is always, always identifying that pot of money to keep us going in what we do. Yeah, over to you, Damien. No, I'm just thinking, <laughs> you know, we're laughing at that, that you've, you've done a women's event in the Masonic Centre, but I, I see it from both sides there that the... the you've broke down the barriers that yeah. you're working with those organisations instead of just criticising them. Exactly. You know? And I'm planning on actually having that women and girls network meeting at that venue. One, because it's an accessible venue. It's close by to the venues that we deliver from. You know, it's a, it's a decent price as well. So why not? Let's use it a bit more. Everyone liked it on the 11th of March. I'm sure they'll like it again. There's far too much of collaboration doesn't happen because people have prejudices and hang-ups and yeah. won't have a conversation. And I think that's really, for me, the heartwarming and the, the positive thing that's come out of that is that you've had that conversation, yeah. you've started that process, and that can develop 
you know, and what happens with those? As well? Yeah, because with those other two organisations, so my organisation is make, make a difference. Then you've got Eton Norris Community Centre and Stockport together, which are two separate entities. But all three of us work really close because when one loses something in the funding world, if we all apply for the same bid and one loses it, well, the other two are there to support them. And say, okay, well, look, you know, we'll, we'll help. We're going to help make this happen. It may not be on the, the scale that you wanted it. At least we can still make something happen for you by working together like this. And, and that, you know, that works for us as free organisations. And yeah, we have our ups and downs, and we have our agreements and disagreements. But in the end, it's always the best decision is always about what's best for the community, not what's best for us. Well, that's putting the people central to everything you do, rather than yeah. the organisations, because yeah. the the provision. It might be that somebody else has got the lead on it. It doesn't matter on the organisation front. At least that provision's continuing and growing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's something we've, we've tried to promote throughout GM. I was really interested in Reddish. Um, I'm glad that you're going over there to do the work. I lived there for six years. Do I you? know Reddish very well. Um, oh, really? I did do. I don't live there now. Oh, okay. My, my son, 17-year-old uh, son, still lives there. Okay, and interesting. So I know the area really well. We'd be interested in helping support develop that. That would be wonderful. Uh, and like I say, I know the area really well. As, it's you know, a, it's, it, it's, have you heard of the organisation called Readish? I've seen it. I've seen yeah, it. Readish is the one who are commissioning us to come and deliver that. Right. With, it with it their gets support. forgotten. As an area, it gets forgotten. And you literally, I mean, one end of Reddish, is, you're in Garton, you know. Yeah. And yeah. the... the Everyone knows, I mean, Garton's got more notoriety for crime, for uh, yeah. being underprivileged, for, dep- you know, for poverty and things like that. Yeah. But that bottom ended reddish there, North Reddish has still got its issues. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So there is a lot of work that needs to go in there, and I can imagine that a lot of development work is going to come from that. But we're first six months is always about relationship building for us. You've got six bonds to go in there, staff and volunteers, and do your best to get a bond with those kids. And then we take it from there, what, what is our next lot of actions? Well, I think it's de- um, I mean, a massive concern that some me and Paul have talked about recently because, our, you know, we've got young lads and stuff. I mean, was the the uh, knife crime incidents as, as dads? Yes. You know, it really upsets us, and we want to do what we can to either do something ourselves or support an organisation that is already doing that work. I think a lot of it, though, also, Paul and Damien, is about identifying some good role models in the community. And as you know, in youth and community work, it can be, you know, very difficult to identify positive male role models to those young people. Mm. And that's something that we are really trying to search for. People who have that youth work background, and it doesn't have to be a qualification, it's about lived experience as well, you know, who have changed their lives around or have trained in that field of work and trying to get them people on board, you know, to become part of the team, to deliver some of those sessions. But we have great difficulty in finding male role models to support our delivery work maybe that's something that you guys could help us with mm. i'm more than happy and and through the through the manx spirit network we do have you know paul especially knows a lot of actors uh Sick. spoken word artists musicians also but they're all do you know of an organization or do you know an organization called real manchester r-e-l r-e-l yeah yeah, in fact, the woman who runs it is my Jackie. mum's cousin, Jackie, Jackie 
Jackie's right. my mum's cousin. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Jackie, who I've spoke to this morning, has done a few projects with us, and mm. we managed to successfully get a bid from Awards for All for Jackie to come back and deliver for six months on Lancashire Hill. Oh, fantastic. She's ace. So, yeah, she's, she's really ace, Jackie. good. Yeah, she's done yeah. a lot of stuff. Like that. I've not spoken to her for a long, long time. But, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a small world. <laughs> it is, it is. It really is. I mean, one of the things, I mean, you, you pretty much just, just mentioned it there, but one of the things I, I, I like to ask is, because we're a mental wellbeing charity, is what, especially for people who are involved in really stressful situations, which we all are, yep. um, how, how how do you look after your mental well-being. I mean, you're saying there that you're going to take some time back and you absolutely should. Yeah. And, and yeah. Traveling and stuff. My but. my well-being is to make sure that I check in with my management team every now and again and we put the world to rights having a good mm-hmm. conversation with each other when something frustrates us. We get it out, you know, to each other. And it's about making sure that I've got enough resources to see the organisation through to the end of the year. And just making sure that I have a lot of time off as well. Or mm. not, ta- it's not really time off, it's working in a different way. Mm. You know, now, you know, we're all into this hybrid working, online working that you can actually go anywhere in the world and continue. My, the position that I'm in, in my organisation, I don't need to be a face-to-face deliverer anymore. So I can go wherever I want to in the world. And and part of my travels is, is to go and spend a month in Pakistan to go and develop that project over there and hold their hand for four weeks so that we can, you know, get that ball rolling over there. And I think here, how we've managed well-being with, with not just with the team, you know, with our own team is that we check up with them. We have a, a WhatsApp group where we all check in with each other. When what is one is not doing so great, the other supports them or will fill in for them. And it's about regularly having a meeting with them, whether it's online or face-to-face, but to have that regular meetups with them so that they, they always have a platform for discussion and they always feel like there's somebody in the management team that they can go to. Yeah, I mean, you know, ultimately that doesn't happen everywhere. Yeah. It, it, it really doesn't, does it? No, it doesn't. Um, and I think that the thing is, this is a new world that we're living in now, aren't we? It's post-COVID that has mm. changed so much in the way that we're working. And some of it's an advantage. To me, I'm not a massive person for online stuff. I'm more a face-to-face person. But you know yeah. what? I'll adapt with the times because I have to. I don't have a choice in that matter. And it keeps my work ticking and it allows me to still be involved because even though yes I have been ill and it's not just about work but it's about you know making some personal lifestyle choices as well and family and all of that so it's about I want to continue working because that's what keeps my well-being good I love what I do you know it's 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 embedded in me I I can't get away from youth and community work I always have a, a light bulb moment maybe 10 times a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I work with somebody like that. <laughs> yeah, he gets random texts. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, I've never been diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I've got Asperger's. Um, I don't know if you've ever met David Gray over in Garton. Yes, I have. He, I know David Gray, yeah. Well, yeah, he's, David Gray was, uh, was one of my best mates for a long time and he has got Asperger's and he's accused me a few times of having it. Paul calls me <laughs> Rain Man sometimes, but affectionately. <laughs> I'm interested in the fact that you're taking your Stockport to Pakistan. Yeah, so how that became about was that, you know, um, I've been visiting Pakistan for a, a long time. I'm not actually from Pakistan, I'm from India. However, my children's father was from Pakistan. 
So I had a relationship there with a couple of families in Pakistan that I maintained. And then a few years ago, like if you know anything about Pakistani culture, depending on what caste system you're from or where or what status you're from, the friends that I had were working class. And so they have maids in their home that do everything for them. Uh, you know, brilliant lifestyle out there if you can afford it. And anyway, so one of these maids was a seamstress who used to sew my clothes for me every time I went for a visit to Pakistan. So it was an opportunity to go and get some new frocks made. Mm-hmm. And you get them done from the seamstress over there because it's less than half the price that you would pay over here. And that's all amazing. That's that's the way it goes. And then this seamstress, every time I went for the last seven years, sewed my clothes for me and my daughter. And then three years ago when I went, uh, her husband died as I was there. Um, He had meningitis. Um, He became very ill. He knew he was going to die and he taught his wife how to sew. It was actually him that did all the sewing. So he was a tailor for my clothes. And so he thought, right, he knew he was going to go. He thought, what am I going to do? They're very poor. They live in a very poor house over there. I wouldn't even call it a house because all the bricks have not been built on the house. And um, so he taught his wife how to sew. And then unfortunately, he did die. And then his wife was able to start sewing, you know, on his, you know, instead of him to make sure that there was still some kind of money coming in because he was a sole bread earner there. She had three young children. And so when he died, she thought that she would have to stop their education. And, you know, there was a lot of things that would have had to stop. So I stepped in and I said, how much does it cost to educate your kids over here? Yeah. And for the three of them, it was something like, I think, about £100 for three months, every three months for three children. And I said, you know what, I can afford that and I'd like to do that for you. I want you to continue sending your children to school and whatever books and resources and their fees are, I will cover that for you. So for the past, you know, how I think it's been three years that I've been sending her this money and it's not a lot of money. It's only like, you know, sometimes it's up to about £50 a month maximum mm. that I've been sending her. And then for the last few months, we've been having a conversation about women's mental health in Pakistan. Women in very similar situations to herself who become widowed and where is the support for that because government don't give you that much support yeah so I was like you know do you think there's a need here if we looked at developing some kind of bills and women's provision where people come together and firstly just talk about just have a safe space to talk so she said she will help me and we'll give it a try we've given it a try and we've already got 22 women who attend every week to just come and talk and she is record, recording those conversations. And in the background, what we're doing is a research to link up with another organisation out there to look at how we can work better with local organisations in Pakistan and to develop this, this provision of um, women and girls meeting every week. But the provision is to actually give them the skills to be able to become independent in life. Now, they may be, they may be uh, language skills, they may be crafting skills, you know, it's or employ, employment skills, different types, very much the same as what we would do here. Yeah. But it would be, it would have to be done at a very different level over there because things don't happen as fast over there. They just take a bit longer to do. But my target is if I can help 12 women to become independent and have an income coming in in 12 months, then I think I've achieved what I set out to do in the first place in Pakistan. And then our idea is that we develop this delivery model and after Pakistan, we we support them to become an independent registered charity out there themselves. And we will continue supporting them, but we'll let go after 12 months 
of how much we support them to give them that independence to carry on themselves. And then we're going to go to Laos the following year. So we are looking at a model of delivery where we go in for one year into another country, develop a women and girls provision, support them in setting up and becoming independently and have enough resources to follow through. And then we go to the next country and so on. And it's countries where we already have contacts. That's fantastic. Uh, but it's amazing, but it's also because of you what you've done, the same as what I've done. Is it? It's not hard, is it? To, do you know your model of yeah. like going out there and identifying the need, getting a few people involved, developing your champions. Yes. So, you know, that's yeah, always yeah. the way yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah. Giving them ownership of it then yeah. so that yeah. they develop it and they bring people on. Yeah. But you're they're always there. In know, the background, yeah. I yeah. always say holding sacred space. So, you know, <laughs> you're keeping it okay, but they can call you in when they need that extra or, or when they're ready to step up, yeah. you know, because they will they will meet that point where they go, right, we've done all that now. We're, we're keen to do something else. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's exactly going right to the start where, you know, Paul said that, move on you know yeah. that you're not hold on people yeah. within the organization once they've developed whatever their skill is or whatever their passion is they'll then move on to do that with with you can you know they can always nip back yeah. and get some extra oh yeah most needed. definitely yeah well then and you've already is... moved on to the next lot of people haven't you exactly and it is it's about that letting go it's about setting up something and not taking personal ownership of it it's not yours it's ours. It's a community's. You know, nobody rightly so owns it. It, it should be for the for the well being of a community. Of it. it is that spirit, and we would like to take. You know, Manchester. Wouldn't it be nice to take that Manx spirit, an element of Manx spirit, to an international project? So maybe this relationship that we are developing, and I'll keep you in the loop of where we're at with the Pakistan project. I think this kind of you know brings it to a. We'd love we'd, listen. We'd love to do more with what you're doing, like Damien's like Damien's just said. And it's always easier to come up with with excuses why things won't work than why they will. And I love the fact that you just get you go out there and you get things done. So yeah. listen, thanks very much for coming on today. Definitely, definitely keep in touch. I will. Um, so, so going forward from this conversation, then how do we now? You know, because I would like to keep you guys included in, in where we are going as an organisation, things that we're setting up, activities that we're doing. How will we move forward after today? We'd well, love what to come we to do with you. each of these festivals, we always have a legacy projects. The festival's just a, a scoping exercise, yeah. you know, to go yeah. out and see who's out there. and Because we knew there was fantastic people out there, but until we did this, how are we going to meet them? Yeah. So once the festival week's finished, which will be next Friday, then we'll talk to some of the organisations that have got involved um, yeah. and, and then talk about how we can, over the next year, over the next two years, how we can work together and what skills and just sort of networks we've got that we can help you and vice versa, you know, yeah. and just see how we can work together. But Brilliant. We, we, we've seen you on Friday. It's Friday. We've seen you on Friday. We'll have a chat on Friday. This won't make any any sense to somebody who listens to this in 12 months' time. Oh, I know this will get edited out. But, so. but, but yeah, no, 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 we'll keep it in. Um, <laughs> no, so we'll see you on Friday, mate, and we'll have a chat face-to-face. Definitely. Like, Fantastic. Like the old days. Listen, yeah, you- I feel like. Paul, I know you from somewhere and I've seen you somewhere. I don't know where. Maybe you just got a familiar face. The last time somebody said that, it was the it was the bloke off Bake Off. What's he called? With the, with oh, the, yeah, you got accused of being him, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, the serial philanderer. 
And I thought, hang on a minute. (laughs) Maybe. Not even Um, allegedly. I'm going to keep that in. Not even allegedly. It's been in the papers and everything. It wasn't right guys. in the Ritz, was it? Thanks for listening to that great Mank pod. Please do us a massive favour and subscribe to this podcast. And if you can, leave us a review on iTunes. Both are a massive help, enabling us to promote the people and the great causes we champion to a much bigger audience. If you want to get in touch, give us a follow on Twitter at Great Mank Pod and drop us a DM. Cheers. You're listening to That Great Mank Pod, Greater Manchester's community podcast. Top one, I